Please keep your Bibles open to Mark chapter 15, if you would, and make the lesson your own, make it better. And I thank you for the few minutes to share this lesson together. This is the 14th time that I've dropped into the Gospel of Mark and let it preach to me, let it preach to us. Google it is a mastodontic behemoth of a company, but it's only been around for 20 years. Seems like it's been around forever. At least it seems that way. Um, it uh, started in with two Stanford guys in uh, 1988, and uh, now it's acts like it's taken over the world. It seems like it has. It's come into my life uh, about 10 years ago. That's the first time I had a Gmail account, and and now all my mail goes through them. <laughs> For all I know, they read all my mail. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, they're selling all kinds of products now besides uh, a way to deliver all kinds of information. And, of course, this one, the Google Home, came out in October of 2016. It's not the only one. It's one of several. And I don't know all the names of the other kinds of voice-activated speakers. This one's powered by, of course, a Google software, Google Assistant, it's called. And, uh, and uh, it is, uh, it is uh, on sale for $129. So you don't have to type in anything anymore. All you have to do is speak it. And uh, there you go. So it's the source of purchasing, but also the source of information. So you can ask it information. You know, if something comes up and you're curious, don't remember what year, when it happened, whatever, you just talk in the middle of your living room, and this, this Wi-Fi speaker <laughs> answers your questions. So Google was in the news twice this week. One was not so good, meaning it was being accused of, well, in the issue of diversity, all these big companies have all kinds of issues. Uh, uh, that was one of the things that uh, brought Google to be in the news. But the other one was by Todd Starnes, who's one of the major political opinion writers for one of the major media outlets. And, and this one was in the news this week, and it caught my attention. Of course it did, because it said Google Home doesn't have a clue. It can't answer, it won't answer, it hasn't answered recently, maybe it will in the future. <laughs> a question that would seem to be, you know, just try it, I don't know. Some of you may have one. I think they deactivated it now, they're rethinking it because people said, really? Really? Who is Jesus? Try asking this uh, voice-activated speaker, who is Jesus? You see... Who is Allah? Well, you'll get an answer there. You'll have an answer. Of course, that's God in Arabic. But uh, who is Allah? This is the answer you get. According to Wikipedia, so they quote Wikipedia to define who Allah is. Always consider your source. <laughs> in Islamic theology, God is the all-powerful, knowing creator, sustainer, ordained judge of everything in existence. This is what... Google Home will reply to that. If you ask who Buddha is, although we know very little about Buddha's life and biography, it will tell you who people think Buddha is, and there you go. But when it comes to Jesus, when you ask, who is Jesus Christ? Or if you keep it simple, who is simply Jesus? It says, sorry, I don't know how to help you with that yet. Wow, 2,000 years. And the answer is, sorry, I don't know how to help you. When asked who Jesus was, it says, sorry, I'm not sure how to help. So you're going to get the same answer, even if you try it with a different uh, way. So 
Uh, it happened to several people. It happened to Mr. Todd Starnes, and he says, is this a glitch? Is this part of our religiously charged environment where Christians are not going to throw a tizzy fit, but of course, Muslim might, if you don't give anything but what they say, Allah is, was, uh, and Mohammed, his prophet, did, said, etc. Is that really what's going on here, or uh, are you having difficulty understanding, clarifying, putting it in a short phrase, two lines, three lines? You know, we have short ascension spans, so... <laughs> so uh, a number of uh, smart speaker owners across the country have written in to say what's going on. Is this intentional? Is this accidental? Of course. And uh, Google did release a statement when asked about it by those who did. Um, they said something to this effect. The reason Google Assistant didn't respond with information about who is Jesus or who is Jesus Christ wasn't out of disrespect, but instead to ensure respect. What? So you're not going to answer the question to ensure respect. Respect for whom? I'm sorry, I'm still, I'm still kind of lost here. And then the final, it may have been shut down now because they saw this is not working. They put a little message out that said, we're exploring different solutions and temporarily disabling these responses for religious figures on the assistant. So maybe now they'll give you the same response. I can't help you with Allah, Buddha, or Jesus, either one. I don't know. I don't have Google Home. I don't think I want one. <laughs> but maybe I will. Who knows? Break down and do that. May I humbly... This is not an anti-Google intro. It's not. It's not that at all. But may I humbly and respectfully suggest that, you know, one of the simplest ways to just simply answer the question for anybody that's earnestly and honestly asking the question might be to simply just give a link. Yes, your sources do matter. Please don't quote Wikipedia. Please quote witnesses that were there. Please quote people that were there. You know, you can still, everybody has a, a shot at deciding who Jesus was, but at least give the best accurate information you have. I suggest humbly that maybe you could just simply give a link to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15, and just simply let Mark tell the story, maybe some segment of that, and maybe we'll find out who it is. This is what I humbly suggest. And... This is the reason why. Mark 15 is the last nine hours of the life of Jesus of Nazareth. That wasn't the end of his existence, but the last part of his life before he died. That is what Matthew 15 records. And in it, there, it contains people of the first century that reacted in opposite ways to the question, which is, who is Jesus? Who was Jesus? And yes, you need to use both. Who is, because he still is. It's just not a, just a past historical tense. There is a Matthew chapter 16, and that's the next lesson, but I'm dropping into Matthew 15 and advising Google, you might just want to link this one, and then let people decide for themselves. Because in the first century, there were smart people, and there were all kinds of reactions to the questions and answer to the questions, and I'm just going to simply read from this text and drop in from time to time to consider <clears throat> who was Jesus? Who is Jesus? 
Mark chapter 15, verse 1. On as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered, you have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. Pilate again asked him, have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer so that Pilate was amazed. I've taken the liberty to use color, to simply highlight different people to whom we could ask the question, according to you, who Jesus was, who was he in the brief encounter you had with with him? So the first one is in blue because there's blue and there's red. I have simply chosen arbitrarily. Blue is one reaction to the question, who is Jesus? And red is another one. And then there's one rare one, like the one that you see on the screen pilot, who is a little bit of red and a little, little bit of blue. And the problem is that blue is on the backside of his name. That's just my arbitrary way of saying he missed it. He had a part of it right, and then he missed it. But let's start with the first one, the chief priests. The religious leaders of Israel, there are hundreds of them. They carry the offerings of the faithful, the pious, to the temple of God, to the house of God. They are the, both the bureaucrats and the pious people who have better a chance to study. They know scripture. They have it memorized more than the average Jew. They are the ones that are associated with the work of the house of God, the temple, And of all the people that should have known how to recognize the Messiah when he came, it would be they. And yet, they are blue. There is no question what their attitude is, what their answer will be. Who do you say is Jesus? Their answer is, well, he's uh, incredible, amazing, imposter. Because we reject him. We have three years and we're still stuck on that. That's our story and we're sticking to it. We're not changing our mind. And of course, there was the elite part, the 70, the Sanhedrin, the council, as it is in the text, 70, mostly Pharisees and Sadducees. And then at the top of them all was the high priest, and he had long decided Jesus needed to die. He may be able to say things and do things, know the answer to the questions before we even formulate them. He can do miracles that we can never do, but no, I get to decide who the Messiah is, and I've decided not. Who is Jesus? He's not the one. I'll tell you when the one comes. That's their arrogance. And they are leading the blind. They are leading the children of Israel. They, the blind, are leading the blind. The tragic color is blue. It's tragic. Who do you say Jesus is? They would say, well, he was an amazing healer. He was an amazing rabbi. But he wasn't the one. Pilate. Pilate was a Roman. He was a, he was a pagan. He had a, an assigned job. I don't think he ever tried to learn a word of Hebrew because he was assigned and worked in, 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 in Palestine for 10 years. And Palestine was the worst assignment of all of any prefect, of any governor of Rome. It was like a test of your, of your strength because the Jews were so finicky, so hard to please. And on this day, he he knew it more than any other time. He knew that those eight days of Passover were critical, but then this 
crowd will come to him at about 7 o'clock in the morning on that Friday of the Passover. The day before was a critical day. Jerusalem is swelling, teeming with Jews that have come from afar. And, and these people show up and there's the high priest and all the priests. And they bring him this guy. And at first he said, they're envious. He was smart. He realized in two seconds flat, there's nothing that this guy did. He's innocent. Who is Jesus to you, Pilate? Well, he's an innocent guy. He doesn't deserve to die. But you put him to death. Yeah, that's the rest of the story. Because politics mattered more than the innocence of a man. He is absolutely convicted of the innocence of Jesus. I know that from multiple points in the text, as you will see. Pilate, are you the king of the Jews? You said it. And he was amazed. Because people, when they came before him, he handed out death all the time, executions. And this guy was different. He simply had no, did not follow the normal human. You're going to die if you don't say something. And Jesus didn't say anything. He was amazed. He was amazed. Who is Jesus to you, Pilate? He's a guy that came into my life on a Friday. And I wanted to let him go. But, you know, my career in politics mattered more. And I, I'm going to ignore my wife, and I'm going to ignore my common sense, and I'm going to ignore everything about me because I am influenced by people and by polls and by, and yes, uh, I've got a great position, but uh, this is tricky, and I wish I could have skipped this Friday. I wish I'd been sick. Answer the question, who is Jesus to you, Pilate? Answer the question. This is the context. I would like for you to look on the map there and find the palace of the high priest. That's where they took Jesus from there to the other Herod palace that's over to the left side. They took him from the hall of Gadsith up at the top, which was the hewn stone, hewn stone palace of where the council met. They took him to Prefect's palace, that short journey across the streets of Jerusalem where, where Jesus was. Jesus was a spectacle to the crowds that were there. This was the model of that palace. And what I'd like you also know is that the Jews won't go in the palace where Pilate is because he's unclean. Jews won't go in there. So somehow in one of those balconies there is the governor of Rome and they want something from him. They're down below and they've got Jesus by the hand. Maybe he's taken Jesus up in the balcony of this palace, something to that effect. This is not mythology. This is history. And the question is, who is Jesus? Now at the feast, he used to release for them one prisoner from whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. Who's Jesus? Let's try asking Barabbas. We don't know what happened to Barabbas afterwards, but this was an amazing day in his life. He was going to die. He was a terrorist. He was a serial murderer, and he was going to die, and he knew it. There was no way he's getting out. And then, like a bolt of lightning out of heaven, comes this situation where 
Pilate, who had started this tradition of giving a man up so he could ingratiate himself with the Jews, although that was hard to do, it didn't last very long, they remind him, you started this three years ago, why don't you give us a guy? And so he chooses Barabbas or the or Jesus, and he thinks it's a no-brainer, absolutely. Barabbas, who do you think Jesus is? I don't suppose Jesus... Barabbas ever heard of Jesus or knew him? Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But his answer would be, I think, he was the one who saved my life. He came out of nowhere. Well, that's true, actually. He's the one who saved your life. Well, he wanted to save your life. See, I don't know what happened to Barabbas afterwards. There are two traditions. I don't know if either one has any historical evidence. One says that he was there on Golgotha and watched the guy who took the cross for him, amazingly, because a crowd surprisingly yelled, crucify him, pointing to the innocent man, and pointed to Barabbas, saying, let him go. Who is Jesus to you, Barabbas? He's the guy that got me off the hook. What would you do afterwards? I don't know. Option number one, tradition. He went to Golgotha and maybe something changed. Wouldn't that be great? I don't know. Option two, he died in a, another insurrection which he led in the weeks and months to follow after he was let go. That's option number two. Those are the two traditions. I don't know which one is reliable. Who's Jesus to you? He's the guy that got me off the hook. The question is, how were you with God when you did find death like everybody does? I don't understand the crowd. Ask them, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Five days before, they were yelling Hosanna. Five days later, they're yelling crucify him. They can be changed, molded, just at the drop of a hat. Wow, the cruelty, the, the obtuseness, the lack of vision, the violence of the crowd. In the name of God, who is Jesus? Uh, the high priests say that he needs to die. And what do you say? What reason did the high priest get to you for, for him to die? Are you sure he's not the one? What's the reason? Pilate again said to them, what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They cried out, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Who was Jesus? He was an innocent man who took a scourging. This is the instrument, either with hard metal or with beads or broken pieces of glass that tore his backside to shreds. All along, he could have called 10,000 angels. All along, he could have stopped it. Knew all along that he was going to be arrested. There's nothing accidental. It's all intentional. Who is Jesus? That's who, that's who he is. He didn't have to do this. He didn't even want to do this. If, let this cup pass. But if it is your will, Father, if this is the only way to save Terry, who is Jesus? 
who is Jesus. The soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion. And they clothed him in a purple cloak and twisting together a crown of thorns. They put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. And they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. So ask the soldiers, the ones that are doing the the deed. Now they have to obey orders. I'm not blaming them for that. They have orders from Pilate. They're going to be executed in front of a firing squad if they don't follow orders. I don't know if they knew Jesus before. Maybe a few did. Maybe a few didn't. Maybe a lot of them didn't. There were 600 of them to 1,000. There were 1,000 in Antonia Fortress. It looks like today Jesus was the main show. They didn't do this for most. They didn't do the robe and all that. It was because the Jews had asked them to kill their own king. That's why the show that they put on, this is going to be, let's add some dimension of humor, sick humor, to the whole situation. Who was Jesus? He's the one that put up with all of it. Mocking, spitting, the robe, the crown of thorns, the whole bit. Answer the question, who's Jesus? Out of a thousand soldiers, veterans of killing and dying, there were a few that actually had to go all the way. The ones that are the garrison that accompanied all three of them outside of the Jerusalem walls up till Golgotha to then put them on a cross. Let's say a garrison of 16. 16 out of 1,000 went past the show to actually put them on the cross and at the feet of the cross. And that's where they got to look up and see what was going on. Who's Jesus? He's just another guy that died on the cross. And I've seen hundreds of them. They compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. They brought him to the place called Golgotha, and they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he didn't take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what he should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. Simon of Cyrene, who's Jesus? A businessman, a religious Jew, from North Africa, Cyrene's where Libya is today, and he had come a long way to either bring his sacrifices to God or for business. Either way, an unexpected event, a Roman soldier chose him to carry the wooden plank that Jesus had and couldn't carry because of what he'd been through. And so for the last 100, 200, 300 feet up till the Golgotha, it was Simon of Cyrene who got the job. And, and the question is, Jesus, who's Jesus to you now? He's the guy who's part of the cross I carried for a while. And then what happened? What happened after that? The way in which it's narrated by Mark seems to indicate that Simon's life must have changed forever. You see, his name is in red, because otherwise, why would the text say that he was the father of Alexander and Rufus? And we have a Rufus that's mentioned in Romans chapter 16, and says, greet Rufus in Rome. So is it possible that this changed his life forever? Who's Jesus to you, Simon? of Cyrene, I discovered Jesus on a Friday about 9 o'clock when he was stumbling on his way out of Jerusalem and about to die, and I discovered who he was, and that changed my life forever. Who is Jesus? They, they, Roman soldiers, continue in their charade, but the 16 that were there at the cross, they had a chance to hear him say what he said at the cross, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forget, for, 
forsaken me, as it's translated into English. What's interesting is in the archaeology, we have found actually a bone box that actually has the name of Alexander and has son of Simon. And we wonder, at least we wonder, are these the remains of a son who owed his faith to his father, who was tapped on the shoulder by a soldier on that day, on that Friday, And he knew how to answer the question, who is Jesus? Today, if you go to Jerusalem, there are 14 steps that have been put together on the way to the cross in Jerusalem. Most of them are from the 4th century after Christ. They're not very reliable, but one of them is called the Station of the Cross that's dedicated to Simon. Simon. I think he should be in red because I think he can answer the question truthfully of who is Jesus. Golgotha is there. Today in Jerusalem, there's a church called the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and underneath it, a church of the Middle Ages, there are supposedly two things that are close by in the geography of the story of the last few hours of Jesus before he went to the cross. There is Golgotha and the cross, and you see it there. And then on the other side of the church, there is the tomb in the bedrock. And a church of the Middle Ages covered up supposedly both of those. And that rock you see in the middle is supposedly the place where they put, put the cross. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? He's, he's the one of all the thousands and hundreds of thousands of, that were put on crosses by Romans and even people before. He's one whose death on a cross made a difference because he didn't stay there. He didn't stay in that tomb. He didn't get put in a bone box. And you will not find his remains because he's the resurrected one. He was the one. He was the one. Golgotha may or may not be the place of the skull as it's translated from the Aramaic. But either way, whether it's not or the question is, who is Jesus? The inscription of the charge said, King of the Jews. With him they crucified two robbers and the right on the left and those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads saying, Ha! You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another saying, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down from now from the cross that we may see and believe. And those who were crucified with him also reviled him. I've got red and blue. I've got different answers to who is Jesus of Nazareth. There were those who passed by and gave it no thought whatsoever. There were still the chief priests who were making sure the job was finished. They were, of course, relieved as soon as the nails went into his body. They thought, aha, we did it. There were the thieves on the cross. One is red, one's blue. They had the same amount of hours beside Jesus of Nazareth. They had about seven hours while they were hanging a few feet from him. One of them saw something, the other one didn't. One of them's red, the other one's blue. They answered the question, who is Jesus, a little differently. A lot differently. A lot differently. When the sixth hour had come, that's noon, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour and at the ninth hour. Then he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and take him down. Don't know the name, but he's blue. Who's Jesus to you? Someone, bystander, who 
added to the sufferings of the Son of God by giving him something that would dry his parched mouth up rather than give him relief. Who are you? You got it wrong. You got the answer wrong to the question, which is, who is Jesus? And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was either the son of God or a son of God, depending on how you read the text, either way. I'm putting the centurion, whose name I don't know, I'm putting him in red. I think he got the answer to the question right. Who's Jesus now? He's not just another guy who you put on a cross. What happened to your other 16 soldiers that you are commanding? They just weren't looking up. They weren't looking up to see the difference. There were also women looking from a distance. Among them was Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. The women are in red. Some names I know, many others I don't. Either way, God bless them. They understood. They could answer the question. Google Home may not be able to, but go to somebody that was there and ask them the question. You will get two replies. You'll get one that will say no. You'll get one that says, oh yes, I know who he was. You'll get the no that biblical text tells you that you have two choices. But you don't have three, four, five, six, or seven. And Buddha's not it. And no, Muhammad's not it. And I don't care if Google gets that definition. The question is, who is Jesus? When evening came, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. He lost his job on his day. On this day, Joseph Arimathea did. He was on the council. He was rich. He was powerful. And then he came out and said, I know the answer to the question. Jesus is the one. When he asked for the body, when he put the body of Jesus inside his rich man's tomb, he answered the question correctly, respectfully, lovingly. He's the one. And when he learned from the centurion, when Pilate did that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud, and taking him down, he wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And that rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. The two ladies are going to come back a couple of mornings later. Three days, the way Jews count, going to come to put spices on the body of Christ. But they're not going to find that body. This is not the linen shroud, but it is a linen shroud that is actually dated from the 13th century that's in a church, Catholic church in Torino, Italy, and it's said to be the shroud of Jesus. You see, the shroud of Jesus would not have the imprint of his body on it because they didn't have time to put the spices on the body. 
So that is an attempt by some really good artists of the 13th century to try to think out that which was real. Uh, a linen shroud that wrapped the body of the one. Who was Jesus? He's the one that didn't get spices put on his body and didn't need a bone box and really didn't need the tomb. Well, it was a place where he was going to stay for three days because after that he was going to resurrect himself and is the only one in the history of mankind to ever do that. That's who he is. So, so who's Jesus? He's the one that's not in the stone bed in Jerusalem. That's who he is. He's not the one in that tomb because he resurrected. Who's Jesus? He's the one that was, is the Son of God that came down to die for your sins and mine that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So if not in Christ tonight, the invitation is yours. Would you come as we stand and sing?